morning, everyone. It's Judith A. Culp. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome to the daily devotional of sorts. <laughs> you know, I don't want anybody to think I am some sort of guru or leader of thought. I mean, I guess I'm a thought leader, but I'm not a, a cult manager. Um, you know, I'm just trying to help people figure things out. I mean, I've spent a lifetime trying to figure my own life out and and the keys to success. And I just feel like it's a good thing to try to share that information. When you know something good, you should share it. Having said that, uh, watching that HBO series, The Vow, um, I think they probably wasted the first episode because now we're getting to the good stuff and we're on the fourth episode. And by good stuff, I mean the weird stuff, because they're finally openly calling it a cult. And it's about that um, about that place called uh, Nexvium, Nexium or something. They spelled it weird, and the guy was a, a little um, weirdo up in New York who, I mean, he looked weird to me. And the fact that he wanted to kiss everybody on the lips and play volleyball, like for me, <laughs> those were all red flags. And I'm not judging people for, um, it's just like Scientology. When you watch Leah Remini's show on Scientology, you're like, what? How are people even like believing this? And I'm not judging people for that. I have a hypersensitivity to groupthink though. You know what I mean? Like I have never been good with, uh, clicks or uh, peer pressure because I've always been a really independent thinker. I have my own brain and I need to be uh, convinced that something is worth my time. And I won't be convinced just because a bunch of other people told me that they were. You know what I mean? So I am hyper aware of groupthink and the traps of it. Um, so somebody saying I'm in this group would not appeal to me. I didn't join a sorority. Um, I didn't, I watched a bunch of people pledge. I was like, okay, this isn't for me. You know, I've just never been a person that needs a group to validate me in any way. And that's not a brag because, you know, sometimes you, you need to be better at networking or you need to be part of a group, you know, to advance or whatever. But that's just been something I really didn't want to concede, you know? So over time, I've gotten better and I'm more social than I've ever been. But if you were trying to reach me, you don't ever say, you know, I got this group that you will want to be in. Because there was a time when I'd be like, oh, you need to just stop talking. I'll never be a part of your group. <laughs> and then we finally get to a woman of color in the group who is agreeing to be a part of a group where you're, um, the, the titles are master and slave. So that's a whole nother thing. And even the, the girl, the subject of the documentary was like, I can't believe a black woman even agreed to that part. Me either. It's deep. So anyway, you've got this uh, kind of cult situation going on. And I think people are ripe for cults, you know, we want to be told what to do. We like to have structure in our lives. And a lot of people really, 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 really need to fit in. They really need to fit into some sort of group and be, uh, you know, celebrated and, and validated in that way. 
And I understand that because it's challenging out here. You know, uh, girlhood to womanhood is is quite a journey. I don't I'm imagining that it's hard for guys in some way, but I don't think it's the same as what it's like for girls. Um, Because there's your life before puberty and then there's your life after puberty and you have to maneuver the way the world, the male dominated world views you. And as a little girl of color, it wasn't like there were a ton of examples of, you know, beautiful black women everywhere on TV or everywhere in the movies. Or, you know, there were times when there were just never any black people in a movie. You know, nobody had any black friends. Nobody, the the person who was the star of the movie when I was growing up. Now, granted, I grew up in the 70s and 80s and there just weren't, it just really wasn't a lot of examples in movies anyway, you know. And then you have like Julia, who was uh, a mother on welfare with seven or eight kids. You know, that was a leading role, but it wasn't a ton. And, you know, quite frankly, I knew I was not going to be Julia. Not that she was Julia on, uh, <laughs> she was uh, Claudine in the movie, I think. <laughs> she was Julia on TV. I'm getting my old stories mixed up. <laughs> my old people's stories are, are causing me confusion. Uh, but I'm thinking about when Florida on Good Times was like, Julia on welfare? But Julia was the uh, uh, middle class nurse. She was groundbreaking in her own way in the 60s because she was on TV as a black woman with her own show, the late great Diane Carroll. And then in the 70s, she did a very interesting, funny movie with James Earl Jones called Claudine, where she plays a welfare mom. Like literally her and, and Pam Greer. Those were the only movies I really remember starring black women. So I get that it's hard to have a positive self-image as a woman, especially as a woman of color, especially if you're of a certain age. Um, I didn't realize in high school that Whitney Houston was breaking down all these barriers. You know, she just was a, a woman that I thought could really, really sing. But she was kind of a brown girl, um, smart, funny, and they kind of crafted this whole image for her. And, um, you know, I think she just crumbled under the weight of it because she really wasn't what they said she was. You know, she kind of came from a kind of a tough background, you know, but when I was listening to her sing and stuff, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, oh, okay, this was great. But I didn't realize she was like a, she was just breaking down all these barriers and stereotypes of, of, um, you know, music because you had had the Supremes, but she wasn't in a group and she wasn't on a quote unquote, a black label and she wasn't quote unquote singing black songs. So quote unquote on that it was deep. It's been a very interesting journey. So I'm saying all that to say, I get why people get in cults. I get why a black woman would be in a cult where she could have to call herself a slave. I don't uh, think I would do that. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, the observation and not the judgment, but the observation is I get that people need to feel like they fit in. I just don't want people to go so far that they have to be uh, harmed and, uh, you know, come into danger before they realize like, oh, maybe this isn't good for me. You know, that's that's upsetting to me. And so many of these young women that are in the sex part of this cult uh, 
they seem relatively attracted and attractive and smart and well-adjusted and, you know, normal, if you will. And uh, that's what one of the people just said on the show is like, they wanted beautiful people. They went after attractive, beautiful people because I guess they wanted to exploit a vulnerability there. Like everybody has a vulnerability, especially if they're going to ask you for them so they can blackmail you with them later. Yikes. HBO The Vow, they are winning the summer. I'm sorry. Between, uh, they they won this year, really. Uh, because I watched I Know This Much Is True, which Mark Ruffalo was excellent in. I May Destroy You, the wonderful, brilliant Michaela Cole. She was excellent. Great job. Great writing. Uh, now I'm watching that crazy ass Lovecraft country. That is nutty. The skin suits last night. Okay, I was like, okay, I can't watch any more of these. That and uh, <laughs> Montrose's giant glob of spit. I was like, this show is graphic. It's well done. Thank you. But this is this is this is a lot. There was a lot packed in last night's episode. Um, but yeah, HBO was just winning, winning, shooting the shot, man. And they're going in football is back. Thank you, Jesus. I watched a couple of good games yesterday. I enjoyed, uh, well, I enjoyed the Kansas city game as much as I could watch of it. I had to, you know, I had to go to bed. I don't, I'm not going to stay up late to watch a blowout. And then, um, I enjoyed, uh, watching Tom Brady in, uh, Tampa watched quite a bit of that game and I also watched almost all of Cam in New England and that was good. This guy this guy needs a good team, so I'm happy for Cam. Uh I don't think he's I don't think he's ever had a bad a terrible team in Tampa I mean in uh North Carolina. Sorry, Carolina. But I don't think he ever had like a squad. So I know he doesn't have like a a huge set of receivers or anything uh in New England. Uh, at least not yet, but it was nice, you know, to see him hooking up with Edelman. Uh, I He completed a lot of really good passes. And also, you know, I, I think Bill Belichick has never had uh, that super mobile quarterback who runs the field like a uh, running back. So that was good. I think uh, if they stay together for more than this year, they might load up on a couple of couple of weapons for him like a deep threat receiver for real so that would be dope um but that was fun to watch and uh welcome back NFL I know these are difficult uh times you know they can't figure out if they're going to be political in their messaging or if they're gonna plus I just don't think this is where I feel conflicted because I don't think race relations or criminal justice reform or any of those things really need to be politicized they're not really political issues. Yes, you need to create policy, but they're humane issues. They're just human issues. And I think right now in history, we're watching people really fail at humanity. You know, we got so many people who feel entitled to shit that's not theirs. You've got nobody who really wants to be accountable for anything. Everybody's always like, well, I didn't do it. Everybody's passing a buck on everything. And it's just like, this stuff really shouldn't be political you should be able to look at a person and see you know this I've treated this person inhumanely 
or I've hurt this person. Like, this really shouldn't be like, well, I'm a Republican, so I don't have to give a damn about what happens to you, (laughs) which I know is not completely true, but that's their overall branding message. And the Democrats care too much about everybody, you know, and then then they dip into there. You can get to a point where someone's so liberal, they they are racist because it goes back to some sort of weird enablement. It's strange. I've had that conversation. I'm not speaking uh, out of, you know, like what I don't know about. I've had a conversation with someone who's super liberal who, before it was all said and done, had insulted a lot of black people, <laughs> thinking they were helping black people. And it's like, okay, I think someone just white splained black people to me. And I'm still black, so this is unsettling. You know, I think we just need to get to a better place of being grownups and being humane to each other. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, on Netflix, so what I do is when I don't have to work, I really try to watch as many good things as possible. And I DVR a lot of things. Uh, So I watch something called The Social Dilemma on Netflix. If this thing doesn't make you want to delete your social media accounts, nothing will. I mean, these are engineers, people who created social media And they're telling us how dangerous it is for us. One guy even thinks it's going to lead to a civil war because people are so polarized. And Facebook especially manipulates your data in in a way. And I've said this way before this documentary. I think for the last couple months, I've been going back and forth. Like, I'm really frustrated by how they manipulate real world events. Like, yes, you're online but they make sure that you see this this algorithm that they created. They make sure you see all the stuff that inflames you because they don't care if it inflames you or makes you mad or they just want the clicks and likes. They want your engagement. They have made it so that you can't go a day or two without checking your Facebook. And the, the more people log out, the more people delete their accounts, the, the better the world will be. Because I just don't feel like we were designed to know every single thought that someone was having. I don't need to know what you eat on vacation. I don't even need to know that you're on vacation. You know what I mean? You, you have this false sense of reality about what's going on with the 25 people they show you uh, regularly. And you have this false sense of friendship because you kind of know these things, but you don't really know what's going on with that person. And people only put up the stuff that they're happy about or the stuff they want attention over. You know, it's like, this is just a really weird, especially if you're not a kid. If you're in your 40s or 50s, people are using, uh, you feel like people are using social media to prop themselves up. They're just giant thirst traps. Oh, I love your new hair. Oh, I love, you know, and it's like, okay. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I feel like we're just hamsters on this uh, wheel when you're on Facebook. They're just experimenting with you and poking at you to see <laughs> to see what you're going to uh, do. And many people are addicted. And I even I even let go of my investment in Facebook. I think I hold one fund that has some in, uh, Facebook in it and I may get rid of that. I just don't want to give them any of my money and it's going to hurt my business. I grew my business on Facebook and Instagram, but I don't, uh, there just needs to be some a consciousness about it. And my team doesn't matter. They're not into social media anyway. So there's got to be a better way. And uh, her name is Judith A. Culp. <laughs> 
which is cold for I'll figure it out. But yeah, watch that documentary and it'll make you really definitely want to get off Facebook. Definitely. But uh, yeah, because they can coincide. So all these young people who started social media in middle school, yikes, they can they can do the statistics between people of a certain age, like under 20 and their uh, suicide rate with the growth of social media. If that's not terrifying enough, yikes. And the guy that thinks that we're so polarized, we're pretty much just headed for civil war. Yeah, I mean, that's not cool. Who wants that? I mean, I know people talk about it all. There's going to be a giant race war and it's going to be all this. Yeah, but most of us don't really want to fight in a war. You know what I mean? And most of us will never agree on anything. So I'm not sure why we need something like Facebook to pick at the blisters because that's all it does It's just inflame you and like I said they don't care they don't care that you are upset at the post they just want you to like it and then they're going to feed you more and more and more and then run some ads against that watch it social dilemma Netflix okay it's deep on that note I don't know if I've motivated you to do anything this Monday <laughs> But be aware of the world you're participating in. Be aware of how it, of how it's affecting you. Uh, like I said, I get it. I get groupthink. I've just never been somebody who was into it. But, you know, do healthy things, things that make you feel good about yourself. You know, when people are asking you for collateral or things they can extort you with, that's a red flag. Just turn around. You'll find a you'll find a better group. If that's what you're looking for, you'll find a group that's really for you, not something that's aiming to exploit you so you can have sex with a little weirdo. I mean, you shouldn't have to say that out loud, but it seems like we do. Okay? I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful um, Monday. This is my birthday week, so I'm excited. I know you can't tell from this podcast, but I am excited. It's going to be a good week. And uh, I feel like when it's all said and done... You know, it's just this has been a good year for me. And I think it's been a good year for a lot of people because it's forced us to reexamine how we live our lives, not even reexamine, examine how we live our lives and what can stay and what has to go. Well, I'm about to start a new year on Wednesday, and there are definitely things that are going to stay back at this year that I'm not carrying forward with me. And, um, you know, I'm excited about that. I really am. I am happy to be alive. I'm grateful for you guys. Thank you for listening. Please continue to like, uh, subscribe, give uh, great reviews. I really appreciate your support. I couldn't do this without you. I wouldn't do this without you. So, yeah, take care.
Oh, 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 oh,